sense. Amen. Let's look at the Word of God. We're in, uh, we're in Colossians chapter 3. Remember, we're, um, by way of review, the Bible teaches us in Colossians that we should uh, let peace rule our hearts. Amen. Peace should be our go-to. It should be what we, do, what we normally do. Amen. It, it should be, under normal circumstances, I should be at peace. And I should strive to have peace with all people, right? Amen. And so that's, that's what we should have. Praise God. And when we're challenged, we want to get back to the peace. You know, we want to get back to the relationship. We want to get back to where we're, there's no animosity and, there's no, there's, and there is no enmity and that kind of things. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're grateful for that. It also tells us that the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the only way the word of Christ could dwell in you is that you have to put it in you. Amen. You have to put it in you through, through reading the word, through hearing the word, through experiencing the word. You know, you have to get the word and put it in you through your eyes and your ears. You have to get that word inside you. Amen. Amen. And keep it there. Meditate on it. Memorize some of it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Amen. Get, get different um, versions, translations. You know, I grew up with the King James Version, so I'm kind of used to it, but that's kind of weird for some people. The, you know, the, these, you know, get the English versions, English Standard or some other version that's easier for you to read so you get that word inside you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's what we have to do. And it says here, for and whatsoever, in verse 17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So whatever we're doing, we should do it in his name, in his authority, and in his character. In his power, too. You know, we should conduct ourselves, whether we're on our secular jobs, or in school, or in our business, or whatever we're doing, we should do it as unto the Lord. You know, and we should work as if we're working for the Lord, because we really are. We represent him no matter where we go. Even if we don't declare, we still represent him. Amen. Now let's get down to the good stuff. Verse 18. Wise, submit yourselves unto your own husband as it is fit in the Lord. It's proper, it's fit for the wife to be submissive to her husband. Look at that. Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. That's a lot of stuff written right there, y'all. But you know what? I like the way it reads in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go over there and take a look. We'll come back to this. We'll start around verse 22. Actually, when you read these scriptures in Ephesians, you really, you really need to start at verse 1. Okay? But we're going to skip down to verse 22. Well, verse 21. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Okay? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, 
as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. That also includes American women. Okay. In these great United States, there's a move to blend the genders. We, you know, instead of have distinguishing, distinguished genders, male and female, there's a move to blend them. Okay, in the in the government, in the public schools, and in the media, in society, and entertainment. They want to blend the genders, right? But, you know, Jesus, um, well, God made them male and female. All right? They were both created in the image of God. Male and female created he them. Right? And so there's male and female. And, and from the very beginning, the Lord had this distinction. And this distinction will always be there. No matter what the world say, no matter what they do, there'll always be that distinction. And in the marriage covenant between a man and a woman, a male and a female, okay, it says here in the Christian marriage that the wife is subject to her husband. This doesn't make her less of a woman or less of a human. They're still equal. All right? They're still equal. Because there's equality in Christ. But she's subject to her husband. This doesn't mean that he's a ruler and a, a, and a, a king, the king of the castle. He's not Ralph Cramden. You know? You know, it doesn't mean that. You know? It, mean, it means something different. It means that she's standing under the authority of him. She's not bowed down. She's not on her knees and all that kind of crazy stuff. And she's not her husband's servant. Amen? Amen? If anything, he should be the servant. <laughs> Look what else it says here in Ephesians, okay? It says, For the husband is the head of the wife, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and the Savior, and the Savior of the body. Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Okay? Verse 25. Husbands, Love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. There's nothing worse than a selfish husband. Well, there may be some things worse, but right now we're talking about in the, in the home. A selfish husband father, right? It says here, love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You have to be willing, man. You're going to take a wife. You have to be willing to give yourself up for her. Amen? Amen? And what pertains to her. You have to be willing to give yourself up. Christ then gave himself up. He gave his life. Are you willing to give your life for that girl you're courting? Are you willing to give your life for that woman you married? Well, that's what Jesus would do. What would Jesus do? Jesus would give his life. Brother, you took a wife, are you prepared to die for her? Amen. Uh, don't answer it. Because <laughs> there's too many witnesses here. <laughs> but it says, love her as Christ loved the church. See, we want to be the man. I'm the man of my house. 
you belong to me. You know, I'm the man. You and your kids, they're mine. You know, stuff like that. But, but God is not like that. Even though everything belongs to him, right? He becomes the servant. The Bible says if you're going to be the leader, you have to be the servant. If you're going to be the greater, you have to serve. Actually, it literally means that you have to be the slave. Uh-huh. So, so these folks who want to be large and in charge have to understand they have to serve. They have to humble themselves and become the servant of that household, that servant of that job, the servant of that business. Whatever you're in charge of, whatever you think you're the leader of, you have to be the servant of those people. Amen? Husband, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blame. Jesus sees his church as holy and without blame, y'all. You need to see... Okay, it says blemish, but don't do that again. <laughs> holy without blame. Holy without blemish. Holy without blame. Holy without anything wrong. Amen? Amen. 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 And so that's how Jesus sees his church. You need to see your wife Amen. as holy and without blemish. Holy without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You need to see her that way. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Amen. You hear me. Okay, good. That's how you need to see your wife. And you know, here's how, here's how the, song, the songwriter says, even when she's old and gray, she'll still be my girl. You know, uh, Uncle Charlie said that. <laughs> All right? They don't know who Uncle Charlie is, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so what, what we're saying is, what we're saying is, listen, what we're saying is, despite we change we go through these things and brother 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 you know you change too you're not the stud you used to be or you're not going to be the stud you used to be and all those gifts that and all those gifts that mother nature gave you father thomas father time is going to take it back so we really need to be more gracious in our older age Right, you know the the TV preacher. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but that's okay. Don't call his name out. Um, he likes to give a, a joke before he um, before he preaches. And he, I heard him kill this one joke, and I'm gonna copy it for him. He says the man, um, uh, the 60 year old man, uh, want, made a wish. He wished that his wife was 20 years younger. Right, and then presto changeo, he became an 80 year old man. That's what you get, dude. <laughs> Anyhow. So, so anyhow, so, so what we're saying is, you know, the Bible says be the like yourself and the wife of your youth. Amen. Because you're not going to be young forever. You won't always be young. Okay? And your wife won't always be young. 
and you're not all you used to be either, brother. Okay? So, so you have to get yourself together, and you need to be a little more gracious and look at yourself in the mirror, and even though you're fully pleasing to the Lord, <laughs> Mama feels some kind of way about you. Got to turn off the lights, maybe, or something. <laughs> All right, look what it says here. Verse 28 says, So ought men to love their wives even as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh. No, no normal, healthy man ever yet, ever yet hateth his own flesh. Okay? But nourish and cherish it even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so... Whoops, it moved, it moved. Let everyone in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, if you notice that in these two chapters in, in um, Colossians and in Ephesians, it didn't, tell the command, it didn't command the wife to love her husband. Did y'all see that? It commands the husband to love his wife. It commands the wife to be submissive and, and be reverenced, be, revere her husband. Amen. Now, there is a scripture later on in uh, one of the pastoral epistles where it tells the older women to teach the younger women how to love their husbands. You know, because it has to be taught, evidently. It, it, must not, it must not be natural. But the husband is commanded by the word of God to love his wife. And right here it says, love her even as you love yourself. So how you feel about yourself, bro? How you take care of yourself? Hopefully you take care of yourself. You nourish, you feed yourself, you give yourself the stuff you want. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I try to give myself the stuff I want, but they won't let me have it. Because of doctors and 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 other things, other conditions, certain conditions in my body, they won't let me have what I want, Doc. You know what I want? I want a salted pretzel with butter and a Pepsi. But I can't have that. I cannot have that. Amen? But you need to give her what she wants. Oh, this is so dangerous right now. <laughs> you need to give her what she wants, man. Okay? And that's it. Just give her what she wants. You want what you want, give her what she wants. And you have to trust her that as you attempt to give her the things that she wants to have, right? That she won't break your bank. You're going to have to trust her. 
as you go out your way to give her what she wants or what she desires. Amen? I used to say give her what she wants within your ability to give it, but then that's, you know, th- could we, make, we could change our ability just by a notion in our head, you know. So, so I just encourage you to give her what she wants as much as possible. Amen? You know what my wife wanted? She wanted her own bathroom. Right? Right, sister? Sister, a girl wanted her own bathroom, Mike. Now, there's a couple of ways to accomplish that. Let everybody else get out. (laughs) And make the one bathroom we have off limits to everyone except for her. Right? Or get, get another house. Amen. So we had to get another house. Amen. I don't know what your wife wants, but she should have it. And it may take a little while for you to get there, I understand. And it may not come quickly, but as much as you have desires for yourself, you should, your desire should be for her. Amen. Amen. It's not about deserves. You married her, she married you. That should be enough. Because we want what we want when we want it, right? Mm-hmm. And you might get what you want if you give her what she wants. You might. I don't know. There's, there's no guarantee. But you might get what you want if you give her what she wants. Now, I'm not saying that this is a barter relationship, you know, and that you have to pay for things. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying whether you get what you want or not, you need to give her what she wants. You think Jesus gets what he wants from all of us? I doubt it. All right. So look what it says here. So anyhow, husbands, wives, uh, we need to get it together. We need to love each other. And we need to do our best. Now I'm going to have to turn to First Peter chapter 3. This is for the wives, y'all. I've been accused of having a, a bias towards the wives anyway. My friends, um, my preacher friends, and my friends that I talk to stuff with and who talk to me about their stuff, they claim that I'm biased towards their wives and, not, and their children and not towards my brothers. And that might be true. Okay? But look what the Bible says. It says in chapter 3 of 1 Peter, Likewise, ye wives, be subject, and be in subjection to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, that's talking about the husband, they also may without the, the word be won by the conversation of their wives, by the conversation is the, the way, it's the lifestyle and her way of living. So you wife with a disobedient husband, your words will not reach him, will not change him. 
you know it's right because you tried it already if, you, if, you, if you're in the room. You tried it, and you know it doesn't work. You know, it just becomes nagging. This also works for other relationships in the home, too. It works with the sons and the daughters and the other people, right? Sometimes the word is just not going to reach them. Even if you quote scripture, it won't work for you. All right? But it says here for the wives that he can could, he could still be one, that disobedient person can still be won by your conversation, by your lifestyle, by the way you live and conduct yourself in the home, right? Verse 2, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Your conversation is your behavior and your conduct and also the way you talk, right? Coupled along with the fear of the, or the reverence that you have. Now, I'd like to take this out of context for a moment, if you would forgive me. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with his fear, right? Because, you know, you can't mess with a godly woman. If you have a godly wife, your father-in-law is Jesus. And you, you mess with her, you're going to have to answer to him. You, you know, you should be very leery. You wanted a church girl all your life, went and found yourself a church girl, she foolishly married you. Right? So now, dude, you got a church girl. Her, your father-in-law is God. And you're going to have to answer to him for everything you do with that church girl. Hear what I'm saying? You should be a little fearful. You got any sense? You be a little bit fearful. You better reverence that church girl because her, because her, God is her father. Okay, I'm not talking about your natural father-in-law. I'm talking about the other one, and that's the one you're going to answer to one day. So be yourself very careful. And so you should. It says. Observing her conversation, her uh, chase conversation, coupled with chase. You know what chase means? Chase means she's not way out there. It means she's modest. Modesty, y'all. Modesty is a beautiful thing. Modesty means you don't you don't show all your flesh, and you don't tell all your secrets, and you don't boast on yourself because you're modest. All right. Yeah, and, that, and that's what chase, chase is a type of modesty. Look what else it says. Who's adorning? <laughs> I got to laugh now. Get this out of my system. Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair and the wearing of the gold or the putting on of apparel. But let it be the hitting man or the hitting person of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. Oh, my goodness. Right? Now, this is for the wives again. Okay? Now, everybody want to look good. You can say, man, you know you want to look good. And you want, you do certain things. The Bible says he beautified the meek with salvation, but for some people that don't take, that takes too long. And so, you do other stuff to beautify yourself. You know, some sisters say, I appreciate the salvation, but it's not working yet. So I'm going to do something else. I'm going to get a makeover. 
I'm going to do something else to beautify myself. Well, it says here that that doesn't necessarily, is not necessarily going to work. Okay? But the hidden person of the heart, which is not corruptible, even an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of the Lord a great, a meek, meek means teachable. Okay? And quiet means that you're not a big loud mouth. You're quiet. It doesn't mean that you don't talk. You have to talk, you have to express yourself, you have to say what the truth is. And you got to do it in a, in a, a weak, meek way, right? And you have to speak the truth in love. Amen? But it says in the, in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner of in old time, the holy women also who trusted in the Lord adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, not somebody else's husband, don't, and not to the pastor. Thank you, Jesus. You don't know how many husbands are angry with pastors because their wife gives them no respect, but they give all this kind of respect to that man in the pulpit. Oh, no, that's wrong. Take care of your husband. Be cooking stuff and take to church. Don't leave nothing at home. You can raise, you're going to have an angry man on your hand. Come on, let's be serious. Let's be practical. Okay? You cooking for the church, or you cooking for the pastor, right? You better leave something at home for that man. Y'all know it's right. Keep your pastor out of trouble. All right, look what it says here. Now I have to start all over. For after this, verse 5, after this manner, in old time, holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Come on. <laughs> Can you imagine? I want you to imagine your mother calling your father Lord. Or sir. It's, it's in the Bible, though. Basin, I think you should call me Lord. Come on, try it one time. Come on. I could call you Lord, baby. <laughs> All right. The idea is not the idea that you, <laughs> it's not the idea that you give him um, that that your wife calls you Lord or Sir or things like that. The idea is that there's a. Uh, uh, reverence. Amen? And, and if you love her like Christ loved the church, it won't be hard for her to reverence you. Right? If you give that sacrificial love and she's the most important person in your life and you give her what she asked for and everything she wants, you know, it won't be hard for her to reverence you. 
You'll be, she'll boast on you. You'll be her good thing. Right? That's how it would be. That's how it ought to be. Amen? If she call you Lord, you may fall down. You may not be able to take it anyway. Uh, but even, okay. Likewise, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Don't be an ignorant husband. Know whom you're married to. You need to know her. You need to know what she feels, how she feels, how she communicates, how she reacts. You need to know her. Amen. You know her like Adam knew Eve, but that's not enough knowledge. Okay? Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. The vessel is weaker. The body is a little weaker because she's made that way in most, of, in most cases that we know. Now, there's some women that outmuscle their husbands. I know that. I understand, right? But in most cases, um, her vessel is weaker than your vessel. And how do you honor her as a weaker vessel? You do the heavy lifting. Physically and spiritually and business-wise and other leaves, all right? You do the heavy lifting, okay? All right, just like you carry the bags and you do that stuff. You don't send your wife out to shovel the snow and those kind of things because she's the weaker vessel. You don't do that kind of stuff. Amen? Amen. You, you, go ahead and be the protector. I don't care what society said. Go ahead and protect your wife. All right? You know, don't let her stand in front of that mechanic and um, by herself asking these questions. Now, there's some women that know the cars and they know what they're doing, right? But in general, you know, you don't let anybody mess with her. Especially a man. All right? You do that stuff. You protect her. She's the weaker vessel. You, not that she's weak, but, you know, just physically, you're not the same physically. That's what we mean by vessel, because she's, um, she's probably smarter than you. I said probably, not in every case, but probably. You know, we said this before, and I'll repeat it. Um, you know, sister girl wants somebody bigger, stronger, smarter, and richer. Amen? She wants that, and she may settle for three out of four. Maybe even two out of four. Even one if he's richer. <laughs> Maybe. It depends. I can't, I, can't, I can't speak for her. But she's, she needs to be honored as a weaker vessel. All right? And so... And so you, you know you know how the people you know how you see on TV how guys react when they find out that the wife is pregnant and and they take everything out their hands and they don't let her do any work and stuff like that she need to be treated like that all the time amen okay so let me read this again likewise ye husband dwell with her according to knowledge don't be an ignorant husband right giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. 
Amen. You don't want your prayers for her to be hindered or your prayers in general to be hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessings, knowing that ye are there unto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. All right? For he that will love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil. Watch what you say now. And his lips that they speak no guile. Guile is deceit. Let him eschew evil. That means to push away evil, to avoid it. And do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Or pursue it. Amen. And I uh, might as well read the next verse. I'm sorry. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Amen. So there's a lot of stuff here, and we don't have time to really go into all of it. There's more verses we should look at. Amen. But basically, uh, what the word is telling us is that the husband needs to love his wife as Christ loved the church and go out his way. Go out his way to prove it. Dude, if you're not willing to do that, don't get married. Don't get married. If, 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 it's, if you're not willing to go out your way, if you're not willing to put yourself last, if you're not willing to serve, you don't, don't get married. Now, for some people, it's too late because they're already married. So if you're in a marital relationship, you need to be converted. If you're not willing to do this, you're wrong. And you need to get yourself willing. You need to pray and ask God to help you. You need to stop complaining and look at yourself and say, Lord, this is what I need. This is what the Bible says. I'm not there yet. Help me get there. You don't go before God and say, but Lord, she doesn't do this, and she doesn't do that, and she don't do these things, and I wish she was like this. No, no, it's too late for all that. Right? Don't go home complaining to your in-laws either. Just get yourself together. Do what you have to do to be this man described here in these chapters. And if you do that, it'll be easier for her to be the submissive woman that you think you should have. Amen? Come on, let's make it easy on her. It will help her. She will want to. She'll have a want to. Man, you be that good thing. And she'll want to do what? Cook, clean, take care of you, and all the fun stuff too. But if you're going to be an ignorant, selfish husband, you're going to have trouble on your hands. Amen? And that beauty queen is going to turn into a hag and a nag and a bag. think we need to stop there. <laughs> Amen. No, no, let's see if we can finish on something positive. Amen. We want to finish on a positive note. 
this is all doable. The Bible does not tell us to do anything that's impossible because the Lord helps us do everything he tells us to do. And we could be this man. We could be this woman. We could be this man. And we didn't get a chance to talk about the children and, um, and living single and stuff like that. We didn't get a chance to talk about those things. But we have to go down the line, see what the Bible says in, in that chapter, right? But this is all completely doable. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord said it, so that means we could do it. And he'll help us do it. He'll work, he'll work with you. He'll work with you. You know, you're fully pleasing unto him, right? Why are you fully pleasing unto him? Why are you complete in Christ Jesus? Because of Christ Jesus. Not because of any of us. <laughs> it's the Jesus influence in our life that makes us acceptable to the Father. Right? Because he sees our flaws. He sees our mistakes. He sees our shortcomings. He sees our infirmities. He sees it all. He's not ignorant to any of that stuff. He sees it all, but because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are still complete to him, and we are acceptable to him, and we are fully pleasing to him. Amen? And we shall be the bride that, has never, that does not have spot or wrinkle or any such thing. We'll be that bride. Amen? Come on, let's stand together. If you need to repent after hearing the word of God, you should go ahead and do that. If you need to apologize to your spouse, you should go ahead and do that too. And ask for help. The scripture says pray for one another. No, confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. And we need some healing, don't we? Some of us need some healing. Amen. And the rest of you who think you don't need any healing, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word. Help us to be obedient to your word. Help us to, co to commit and to follow through on the things you told us to do, Lord. We need your help in these things, Father, in the name of Jesus. That we could be the men and women and children that you called us to be. That we might be examples of believers to the church and to the world. We thank you for all these good things even now, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're here today, and we're here to minister and to pray for anyone who desires prayer. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that's the most important thing. That's, that's the most important thing, to know Jesus for yourself. And you can know him for yourself by faith just, just by asking him into your life. He's done all the work. He's provided everything. And he accepts you when you come. So I have to say, Lord, come into my life. I know I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Anything like that. It's not the words. It's the faith. And we want to challenge you today, if you haven't done so already, to trust Jesus for your salvation. Amen. Trust him for your salvation. Right? If you desire prayer for